We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. Welcome back to the show, guys. It's uh, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angela Yoshiko, and I'm here with my awesome husband... Tyler, hi. Tyler, hi. Before we jump into the awesomeness that is RoboCop... Yes. What you been watching recently, Tyler? What have you been watching recently? Because oh. I've watched one thing with you, but I'm you should maybe start with the other thing, and then we'll talk about the other one together. Okay, well, that was a weird way of introducing it, so I watched a couple movies, um, one on HBO, because you were flipping through the channels, you landed on it, yeah. I started watching it, and the thing about me is that if you start a movie and I'm in the room... If I get hooked, which can happen within 30 seconds, I gots to watch all the way to the end. So what was that little movie that you turned on? It was called Table 19, but the thing about me is that when I flip through HBO, there's several channels of HBO, and sometimes I just like to jump, especially when I'm getting tired of a movie. So you and I are very different, because yeah. I wanted to jump a ship on Table 19 after about five minutes, but then we watched the entire thing. And I think you were super mad because you wanted to watch RoboCop. Had we seen RoboCop at that point? We hadn't watched RoboCop yet, we needed to do an episode, and here we are. We're like a little bit after our normal schedule, because we watched Table 19 instead of RoboCop. Oh yeah, so Table 19 came out a couple of years ago. Um, it has, what's her name? Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Why do you say what's your name? You knew her. And then some other people. The tall guy from, that's uh, friends with what's his name? Stephen Merchant. And mm-hmm. then Craig Robinson is also probably the... And Lisa Kudrow are probably the big names in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's about basically like the table of misfits at a wedding. First of all, uh-huh. weddings that have assigned seatings. Like, I haven't even been to one that has assigned seatings. In a while, anyway. And when they do, I'm just like, I don't have to listen to your instructions. I'll sit where I want. I don't like assigned seating at, at weddings. Um, generally, people know where to sit. Yeah. They like to sit where they want to sit. And they yeah. like to rove around. Yeah. Don't tell me who I'm sitting by. That's But whatever. Stupid. That's just our opinion, I guess. But also, like, okay, table 19, it makes it seem like they're in the way back. And they are in the back. But it's not like the room is, like, huge and... Like, I don't know. They they seem close enough. Why why is it necessarily even a, a table of misfits? Yeah, I've sat farther away from, yeah. you know, the wedding party table. Yeah. And Anna Kendrick plays someone who's, like, what well, used to be in the wedding party, but then she broke up with her boyfriend, and he was also in the wedding party, so now she got reassigned. More specifically, she was the maid of honor, which is oh, no. sort of a big deal. It's ridiculous. The movie's, the movie's and ridiculous. she just broke up with a boyfriend. She broke up with the bride's brother. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's a terrible movie. I don't oh, know I why we watched it. super sucked in. I didn't think it was that bad. It's terrible. It was supposed it, to be funny. It wasn't. It, it was felt, supposed to be romantic. It wasn't. It felt like a perfectly uh, made-for-TV movie, which is where I watched it. <sighs> yeah, but, like, why is Anna Kendrick doing that? Well, I mean, Tyler, it's Anna Kendrick. She's not that great. She's better than that, though. She's better than that. She's a good actress who is Oscar-nominated for a movie. She's the star of a franchise in the Pitch Perfect or whatever. She deserves better than this movie. I'm just saying. I thought it was fine. Ugh. I was entertained by it. Ugh. You also watched a movie that I've already seen uh-huh. a couple years ago because I'll watch anything with Samuel L. Jackson. Yep. I was just flipping through the Netflix last night and uh, came across Barely Lethal, which came out in 2015, starring Sam Jackson. And kind that, of. <laughs> yeah. He's in about eight minutes of it. 
in that one girl from that one movie. Haley Steinfeld. Who was recently in... Well, she was in the Pitch Perfect sequels, but she's put, she broke those. out in True Grit. She was the girl in True Grit. But more recently, she was in that teen movie. Oh, she was in that. Oh, what is the name of that movie? 17? It's very good. Seventeen again? No, it's like uh, it's really good. She's and she's and she's good in it. Woody Harrelson is in that movie with her. I think it was just uh, Edge of 17. Seventeen. Oh, the Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, very I, an excellent movie that was underseen. Um, unlike Barely Lethal, which was barely released, but is also bad you watch that whole thing too sure did all the way to the end oh man jessica alba shows up and she's in a movie which is surprising you don't see her very much anymore i'll tell you what it makes me want to go do makes me want to go watch that old show she was in dark angel dark angel did you ever watch that show not really it's right in my like category that is in your that's in your zone that's a supernatural that's a charmed that's a buffy the vampire slayer right in that zone yeah so it kind of made me think i should probably go watch that that was like her breakout wasn't she that's where she kind of broke out was that tv show right yeah totally and now she runs a billion dollar company i don't even know yeah and tonight i restarted season two of jessica jones on netflix not restarted but i'm watching it now which is more regarded as a good show yeah that's an actually yeah. good show i haven't i'm so i i just these tv shows i can't keep up i watched one season of daredevil and i've not been able to like start catching up with any of it so you know if you'd spend as much time watching awesome tv as you did um on your mlb app then you could probably keep up with me well okay so some of that was when the minnesota twins were like in a playoff hunt this year they're not so but i'm already behind what am i gonna do just watch them. That's it's called watching. I watch TV. movies, not TV shows. Oh sure. <laughs> you spend a lot of time also playing games on your phone. I don't play games on my phone. What game do I play on my phone? That woodblock one. Oh, that's like Tetris. That's fun. That's a good relaxation. <laughs> anyway, Tyler, what have you been watching? All right, so <laughs> I have that A list uh, AMC app, so I I try to get that. I try to utilize it a little bit. So I did go see. What he means is he it's a pass, you get a see. Yeah, it's like movie pass, only way better. It's a little more expensive, but it actually works, so that's cool. And so we have an AMC close-ish to us. Close-ish. Close-ish. Learn how to talk. Yeah. Um, So I went and saw Crazy Rich Asians, uh, and I mostly saw this because I know it was popular as a book, and it stars Constance Wu from Fresh Off the Boat, a show that you and I really like. It's a show that I will watch. It's a sitcom. But it's really funny, and I don't understand why it's not, like, in that other tier of, like, the shows that cool people think are funny. Yes, I have a lot of friends who we share very common interests in TV, and they haven't even given this show a chance. And I think, okay, so you have some Asian family members, and I think that the assumption is is that the show is a little bit, like, off-color or even a borderline racist, and it's not. I think, yeah. But like we're it's, white, so maybe we're wrong. But. I think the idea when you see the the promotions of it is that it just felt racist or too on the nose, even the title Fresh Off the Boat. But it's really just about a family, and it's just a funny, because all the characters are just really funny. It, it's less about the specificity of, like, their culture yeah, and their background. A, it could be a white family or Hispanic family. Yeah, it's just, it's just really funny. But the Asian-ness of it, at least from my own experience... Some of the jokes and stuff are just spot on. Yeah, it's funny stuff. I think it's a great show. And yeah. she is great. I think she, in a cast full of really good people on that show, I think she's a stand-up because she stand out because she has a really tough role because she plays like the tough mom, which can be, can go really go the wrong way in sitcoms that aren't very good. Yeah. But she is legitimately funny, but also kind of like the threat to the other characters sometimes in a fun way. Mm-hmm. So I really like her. So, Anytime that she's kind of in something prominent, I'm like, all right, I'll go check that out. And this was popular. But it was really jarring at first because it's not, 
it she's a good actress, but like it took me a few minutes to get used to this movie because she's not playing in Fresh Off the Boat. She plays like a mom with like high school kids, right? And she's not supposed to be like really young in this movie, but she's like a professor and she's doesn't have kids, and it's they it seems to be skewing a little bit younger, but less young and more just like totally different lifestyle, totally different type of character. And so, while that's jarring, she's also a very good actress, so it, you kind of ease into it pretty well, and it's good. I don't know, I think, uh, look, romantic comedies are tough, but when they work, they work. And I think Crazy Rich Asians works. Like Better, it's, better than Table 19? Oh yeah, no, I know, for sure. <laughs> like, it's a little long, there's too many characters. Obviously it came from a book, and you could tell, because they're just trying to put a ton of stuff into it, and not all of that works, but... I, it, most of it takes place in Singapore. Um, the the relationship and the chemistry between the two leads of Constance Wu and like I can't think of the guy's name are is very good. The whole dynamic of the culture and the, where the location is is really fun. They're really indulging in like this uber rich lifestyle, which seems like it could be annoying, but it's fun. And you have a character that's not in that world as an anchor, so it helps to kind of put in there. I don't know. Like the, it's it's pretty funny. It has some pretty good emotional moments even when it's like playing right into those usual clichés, but I could see why it's popular. I had a good time with it. I was happy to see it. I was also like I I double featured that with I was in a I think I was in a mood. This was yesterday when I watched these. I clearly was just like in I like in I could indulge in a little bit of schmaltz, and it was okay, because I, the schmaltz and Crazy Rich Asians worked on me, and then I watched Christopher Robin, which is like the Winnie the Pooh live-action movie, and I was like, I look, I can recognize the parts that are schmaltzy. Like, it's it's a little bit too sentimental, but for whatever reason at the time, I was like, yep, nope, I'm buying into this. Like, I like Winnie the Pooh. I grew up with Winnie the Pooh, so yeah, this emotional uh, arc is a little on the nose, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I have a soft spot for Winnie the Pooh. Because the trailer looked like it was going to be pretty annoying. Yeah, I like the... I didn't love the trailer, and I didn't like what the, they looked like, because it's live action, and the and the, the Pooh and Tigger, they all supposed to look kind of like felt, like real animals. And for whatever reason, the trailer, I didn't think they looked very good. But in the movie, I thought they were integrated really well. It just it felt really natural. It didn't seem... Uh, it didn't take me out of the movie in any way. And the characters were mostly how you remember them and want them to be, and... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like a, it, it's pl- kind of playing the hook angle of like a grown, grown Peter Pan, grown Christopher Robin who's forgotten the life of being a kid. But I would say, hot take, it's like a better movie than Hook. We will get to Hook on this show. Oh, we better get to Hook. <laughs> we'll get to Hook. But like, Hook's, I don't know if you remember this, but Hook is not good. When I first met you, you were into Hook. I know, but then I think we watched, uh, yeah, because you have a memory as a kid. You, you know, that's a movie that you, you see as a kid and you're like, I have to like this. Mm-hmm. And then when you see it again, you're like, oh, I don't have to like this anymore. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I liked both of those. Um, oh, the other one I want to talk about, because you can talk to me about this too, is that I did rewatch Avengers Infinity War. And we did not talk about this. The podcast started a little bit after when this was in theaters. And so I wanted to just double back a little bit on oh. Avengers Infinity War. When did you have time to watch that? I've watched it over the course of... Three or four nights in thirty-five minute chunks. <laughs> ah, jeez! Before I go really, to bed, is that really the optimal viewing experience? It's not, but um, yeah. So, Avengers: Infinity War. I even t- I've even turned on the commentary a little bit, and I'm working through that. And it is look. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like most of those movies. 
I like a lot of Infinity War. A, a lot of it really works. Like, just it's. I think it's a really funny movie. The amount of characters that it's balancing, it seems impossible. It really kind of it is it is a one of a kind movie in that it only exists. It ex, it, it can work, I guess, as a standalone movie for some people, but it is a far better experience if you are along with what's going on in it. And it doesn't stop to like tell you what's going on. It's like they kind of expect you to know the characters and where they're supposed to be. And that's 18 movies, if you think about it. That's kind of incredible to kind of, like, be able to, to balance it. Now, having said that, I don't know... I st- I've, I've seen it twice now. I'm not a fan of how it ends. <laughs> Still. I just don't... I think we can... I think we can... Um, at this point, it's on video. Spoilers, I guess, for Avengers Infinity War if you've somehow not seen it, but... I was listening to the commentary to kind of listen to their justification of what they do, because the movie ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, Thanos, the villain, has obtained all of his magic stones, and he's done his little snap, and he's eliminated half the universe. They dissolve away, including characters, very popular characters, Black Panther, Spider-Man, lucrative franchises, away in a puff, okay? And we all know that it's not going to be permanent and I think that I understand what they're trying to do in terms of like giving you this cliffhanger and giving you this emotional arc for Thanos and give us something to do in the next movie but to me it it, it just doesn't click together it doesn't have the impact that I feel like it needs to either you gotta do something that's gonna feel permanent or you gotta withhold that until the next installment and for whatever reason I just it, it almost kind of just sours experience for me a little bit yeah, I was really surprised when people actually like got upset about it or really p- sucked into it because it, it it's not like a thing that's going to be permanent. So who cares? Well, it's and just I, annoying at this point. I mean, I listened to the commentary with the directors, who I, I have a lot of respect for because they've made probably two of the best in the entire Marvel universe in Winter Soldier, the Captain America movies, Winter Soldier and Civil War, and their approach to it's right on. I think from a screenwriting standpoint and like structuring the movie, they wanted to make a Thanos movie in which Thanos won, and. I get that. At the same time, it doesn't feel like the experience. It, it leaves you with it leaves you without a climax. Almost, it gives you this fight without any kind of resolution. And I, if you know, we all knew going in that it was supposed to be a cliffhanger. I, and, and most of us did know that. They they tried to hide the fact a little bit. But to me, it still always just feels like half a movie, even though it's two and a half hours and it's full of more things than anything's ever been in any of these movies. So I don't know. I just I wish. There's so much I like about it. I think Chris Hemsworth especially crushes it in Avengers Infinity War. Thor is the best character. Somehow we've gone from Thor being like the weak link in this fran- in this universe to being like the star of it. He's amazing in it. He's got all the best like moments. And but at the same time, like I I like about an hour and 45 minutes this movie a lot. But then like the first 10 minutes that basically undoes all the fun things we liked about Thor Ragnarok and then like the last 20 minutes where it's just like this big whatever kind of spoils it for me do you remember i mean you we went and saw yeah. this together yeah. i mean we kind of i feel like we were on the same page yeah totally so, you know that's all you're gonna say yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah i'm with you that's fine we hadn't talked about it on the podcast so also thor is the best period end of story uh yeah he has there's this i watched it twice when i watched it there's this scene about in the middle of the movie where he i, I like what has happened it's the the things that the tragic things that have happened to him including in the beginning of the movie which i don't really care for because it doesn't it, it's. Too, I almost wanted more of that, or more have that be more of a part of the movie rather than just ten minutes. But it it works 
in a sense that you get this amazing scene where he's talking to Rocket Raccoon. Oh, best scene. And he's, like, trying to, like, be his, like, gruff, uh, confident self, and yet is breaking down. He's got tears in his eyes. He's trying to be joking and, like, I'm all powerful. And he just, like, he falls apart. And it's mm-hmm. the first time we've ever seen the character do that. And it's... It's vulnerable but funny. It's amazing to see Chris Hemsworth as a guy who's been... Who started... I mean, I, I think he's always been pretty good in the role, but the movies have not necessarily been great for him. But for whatever reason, he's tapped into something from the comedic angle and now turned it into this vulnerability that's... It's really good. God, it's such a good scene in that movie. I've been telling you Thor's the best, man. He is the best. He's my he's my MVP right now of the Marvel Universe. Well, let's not turn this into a... Chris mo- Hemsworth love yeah, fest? Yeah. Let's get on to the, the, the movie we're here to talk about. RoboCop. I'll tell you what I'm going to need. What are you going to need? Some high stats on RoboCop. Yeah, let's do the high stats on RoboCop. So RoboCop came out in 1987, specifically, before you jump in, July 17th, 1987. Feels like a summer movie, absolutely. It was rated R. Oh, it's rated R. (laughs) Oh, it's rated R. It was one hour and 42 minutes. Um, it was, uh, directed by... Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven, yep, that's how you say his name. Of Starship Troopers fame. He would let, he would make that later, obviously, but... Written by a couple people you might recognize, Edward Newmeyer and Michael Miner. Okay. Nope, don't recognize him. <laughs> cool. Stars Peter, Peter Weller and Nancy Allen are yeah. really the two main, main people there. Correct. Um, what's your guess on the Ebert score? Roger Ebert gave this movie, I'm going to guess, I'm going to be bold, four stars. N- nope. Oh, really? You've been under-guessing, and I feel like you really, you went for it this time. Well, I got some, look, I think it's a four-star movie, so what are you going to do? I agree. I think it's a four-star movie. He gave it a solid three stars. Interesting. Um, he has pretty positive things about, about it to say about it to yeah. say about it that's what i'm trying to say thank you <laughs> um so i'm not really sure what knocked it down the one star for him who knows do you have any uh oh you don't have a prepared quote today for me i do not how dare you how dare you what would roger say what would roger say, say? no you're supposed to come in when i do, do it <laughs> fail um but it's a pretty short review that he's got here online uh-huh um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just I'll read you what it kicks off with. Great. Because we're just kicking off. Oh, yeah. we forgot to say what we thought the movie would be about. Oh, oh yeah. What do you remember? You're not. Don't don't say we forgot because we could have done that at any point and no one would have known because yeah. it is a segment that we created and we can put That's it in anytime right. we want. Don't act like we don't know what we're doing. We know exactly what we're doing. This is exactly when I want to talk about it. Totally. Uh. So. So. Um. Prior to saying what Roger Ebert said about it. Right. What do you remember about RoboCop? Okay. The plot. So, about the plot specifically. So, before the movie, we took 30 seconds to just type out what we could remember about the movie. We did. And you wrote... What did you write down? Because I have to pull mine up still. (laughs) We are really prepared tonight. You always make me go first so that you can sound smarter, which you always do. No, I legitimately am trying to pull it up. (laughs) Okay. So, what do I remember? Here's what I wrote. Okay. It's the future. Mm -hmm. Things are bad. Real bad. (laughs) So there's a plan to replace cops with a corporate AI cop that will do a better job than humans. I wanted to say RoboCop, but I was trying to be fancy, so uh-huh. I said AI cop. Nice. Um, 
the uh huh, but the corporation is bad, and there's some big fights, and it's awesome. That's uh, well, that, that's that's uh, fascinating because <laughs> well, this is what I said. I said a cop is gravely injured and turned into a RoboCop, then proceeds to bust down a bad, bad giant company with other robot things. Maybe it's the same company that made him. I don't know. Regardless, it's awesome. Yeah, I think what we both remembered about the movie was that it was awesome. Okay, so this is what I wanted to get into just right off the bat, um, because this is a show about remembering. Do you... I know the answer, because it's the same answer you give me every time when I ask you. Do you remember seeing this movie originally? Like when it came out? I was a whopping four years old. Well, no, that's what I mean. Obviously, you are, neither of us saw it when I first came out. Yeah. We would have been too young. But I'm curious what your initial thoughts were. Do you, because this is this is what I envision. Robocop was not a movie I probably saw until later, like mm-hmm. probably at least high school, right? And then when I saw it, or about to watch it, I think the feeling was like Robocop, cheesy action movie from the 80s. And that's just kind of like, you almost feel like you don't, if without any kind of like knowledge about it, that's kind of like this attitude. Like it's cheesy, it's a bad action, 80s action movie. There was a bunch of dumb sequels, right? And mm-hmm. then, I mean, you turn it on. <laughs> and it's awesome. But it's also awesome in a way that's not, like, necessarily cheap. I mean, yes, there are 80s aspects to it, for sure. Uh, Paul Verhoeven is obviously doing a lot of satirical work here, too, with, like, the television and local news channel, the commercials that play through the, the news. Um, so, I mean, it has those elements, but... It's also just, like, insanely brutal. It's violent. Yes. It's just like, whoa. It's pretty apparent early on that this is, like, a grab-you-by-your-pants kind of action movie. Like, it's not messing around. And it's also an hour and 40... What? What would you say? An hour and 42 minutes? Yeah. That's an amazing length for this movie. Because it gets in and it gets out. It doesn't waste a single scene. Everything matters, and it just pumps you through this storyline. It. I don't know how this episode's going to go, because, quite frankly... It's an awesome movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen it all that many times, but every time I see it, I'm just like more impressed with how good it, like how well it holds up and how good it is. Mm-hmm. So what Roger Eber said about it, yeah. um, in one spot in his review, he references a specific scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that scene. Um, so I won't talk about it now. But he basically, <laughs> do you want me to talk about it now? Sure. It's like in the middle of the plot. Okay. Well, it's fine. where like the corporation is dem- demoing their giant robot. No, that's right. That's right the beginning. That's right oh, off the okay. beginning. That's right off the bat, almost. Okay. Yep. Do no. you want me to just read what he wrote? Yeah, because that's where I wanted good. to start anyway. So there's a moment. So I'm just quoting straight from Roger Ebert. Okay. There's a moment early in RoboCop when a robot runs amok. It has been programmed to warn a criminal to drop his gun and then to shoot him if he does not comply. Right. The robot, an ugly and ungainly machine, is wheeled into a board meeting of the company that hopes to make millions by retailing it. A junior executive is chosen to pull a gun on the machine. The warning is issued. The exec exec drops his gun. The robot repeats the warning, counts to five, and shoots the guy dead. Oh, and he shoots the guy dead like um, so many bullets. So many bullets. Yeah. So then Roger Ebert says, this is a very funny scene. (laughs) (laughs) And then in parentheses, whether it was even funnier before the MPAA Code and Ratings Administration requested trims in it, I suppose a moot point. 
don't know what the story is there. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a R movie. They, this was back when they actually cared about uh, some level of violence in their act, in their R rated movies because, it, I mean, nowadays the MPAA pretty much lets you do anything in an R rated movie. And they, they let PG 13 movies get away with an awful lot of graphic violence, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. But then they'll give a movie like Eighth Grade an R rating for saying a naughty word. Oh, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Because the scene surprises us in a movie that seemed to be developing into a serious thriller, it puts us off guard. We're no longer quite sure where RoboCop is going. And that's one of the movie's best qualities. Yeah, it is an insane scene. So it's the Omni Consumer Group, or whatever it's called. Omni something. You get this board meeting. We have already met our main character. He's a cop. He's not a RoboCop yet, but he's just a cop. They're in Detroit. Detroit's a rundown overrun with violence cops are being murdered all left and right they have mm-hmm. a, they have a big problem on their hands this company handles the police they manage the police uh, corp they provide equipment and all that stuff so this one guy's idea it's Ronnie Cox uh he his idea is to grab these giant robots go out on the street and they tell you know the bad guys to comply blah 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 and yeah you get this scene where you you think it's going to go one way where it's just this corporate like boardroom it's very stuffy it just Mm -hmm. feels like this exposition dump right and then here's this movie that's just like oh hey yeah the robot's not gonna work and this guy is gonna get blown away pretty graphically Mm -hmm. and yes it's kind of funny but also horrifying it's one of these it's paul verhoeven it's like watching stars at troopers it's like this movie where you're just not quite sure what you're supposed to kind of Mm -hmm. feel about what's happening and it's all very pointed because it's this corporate atmosphere there's we have this jockeying between corporate execs over money and profit and the right thing and being bad and you know they're it's all just fascinating but yeah i mean just the level of violence in this one scene alone i mean this guy gets blown away yeah and he knows it's coming he's like oh my god he tries to hide everybody like is blocking and pushing him out of the way very cutthroat just like no get out of here yeah and what my (laughs) face but then what's funny about it is like some guy is like does someone want to call the goddamn paramedic like (laughs) and somebody else is like don't touch him what? There's the guy is so dead. Like, oh, he's <laughs> so dead. There's just no way anybody would ever survive such a thing. But they're like, someone called the paramedic. It's just like, all right, well, this is a crazy movie. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's kind of where we start out with the tone of this thing, and we and it just goes from there. We have these scenes where we kind of learn about the world through like these news reports, and it's like a very kind of cheesy local news but then in between we'd have these commercials for like one's like a organic like a, a heart replacement another one is for uh, a, a board game that's about like nuclear uh, war yeah it's all just this like uh, minimization of these horrible things the news always starts off with like this horrible event that's happening somewhere and- else where scores of people died two ex-presidents have been killed oh yeah offhand. what was that it's just oh, so no, they, offhand. They were testing anti-nuclear missiles. Yeah. And they, like, dropped to the ground. They dropped they accidentally to dropped. Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah. And killed a bunch of... But it's, two, ri- it's, yeah. a, it's like a one-line thing, and then they shift into, like, well, the conflict between the union of the police department here. Yeah. And it's not that it's not serious, like, the thing they're talking about here, but it's, like, local only. The rest of the... Who cares about whatever happened anywhere else? It's just so pointed in its uh, depiction of culture. There's this sitcom that keeps getting shown in random places where... Uh, oh, there, it's just this. I'd buy that for a dollar. Some really heightened, like, joke line where people are laughing hysterically and they go, I'd buy that for a dollar. One of the corporate guys makes mention of it, makes a joke about it where you almost, like, if you weren't paying attention the first time it came up, you wouldn't know that it was, like, from this. And in fact, it might even come before you even see it. I, I, I can't even yeah. remember. And it's just, yeah, it's just this real negative depiction of, of all this culture stuff that's just, like, 
pacifying people into the the problem. And then, yeah, to have this big company that's supposed to be in charge of like police enforcement and how corrupt it is and how it's based on you know basically Ronnie Cox being an evil crazy guy. It's just it's 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 just fascinating to see where we've gone in terms of like we have essentially like Disney and Amazon and Apple. There's only like a few companies that really do anything in this country anymore it seems mm-hmm. like and they're automating everything. We have Amazon watching our security systems and all this other oh, crazy yeah. stuff that's just like, oh no, this is like way more, this movie's way more relevant yeah. than it sh- has any business to be. I think I was just reading in the news today that Amazon won the like $10 billion contract to put all of the Pentagon's information on their cloud. Oh yeah. They are <laughs> now the number one highest paid contractor of the federal government. So it's very, very... It's a very relevant topic. It's just, yeah. From 1987. I'm sure that, I mean, the pieces were moving that direction, obviously. I mean, just with with how TV was then versus I know it's now more than just TV. We're talking about how the internet is used and social media, but it's more relevant than it has any right to be, it seems like. And it it just, just the fact that that holds up on top of being like a real kick-ass action movie Mm -hmm. is just like you get two 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 great things in one movie mm-hmm. um so yeah like what so that's kind of the the side aspect of this but like we get a the robocop aspect of this is that he's just a normal tough cop who's got a family but we don't really see the family it's kind of i actually love this he doesn't get that we get a couple flashes of them it's not overly indulgent into like he's got a family this is tragic it's tragic enough just kind of like putting that out there and then it's just giving you the experience of the character so he gets into a, a gunfight and he has a new partner um oh I, yeah so he's got a new partner and they get into a gunfight and he gets essentially killed but i wanted to go back into talking about the partner a little bit it's nancy allen mm-hmm. and we had a little conversation about this because you mentioned what to me when you first or watching it about like uh, who was in the movie cast oh, yeah. wise. So it's like a, a cast full of men. Yeah, there are some women in the movie, but right. they're mostly hookers and secretaries. <laughs> right, right. With the exception. With the abs- abs- yep exception. That's the word. Yeah, that you just said of Nancy Allen, who's his partner, Lewis. Right. Yeah, and we're first introduced to her um, in the precinct. Yeah. And there's a criminal just, like, battling some other cops, and they're trying to restrain him, and the the criminal is kicking some men's asses, and yeah. then you see someone kind of whooping his ass. And you can't tell what gender she is at all. She's yeah. wearing a helmet or something like that, and she also has short hair, so she's able to kind of conceal that a little bit more. And then reveal, oh, she's a woman. So it's this movie where you have, like, this kind of great natural, like, female character that's not made, they don't pay any, any attention to that at all. It's just that she's... A woman, she's awesome and tough, just like Peter Weller. She can hold her own against Robocop, like with Robocop. They essentially have to fight the climax together at the end, where she's superpowered and she's just a regular cop. So you have this aspect that's completely gender neutral, but then you're, it's populated in a movie full of men, where women are, and I, I don't know, part of me thinks it's like very much of the 80s. It's very much of the 80s. But also, like, there's enough satire going on here. That you kind of be like, well, maybe it is a little intentional that we we have one character that's that way, but then everybody, all the men in the movie, still treat the women in this other way. Mm-hmm. It feels enough like there's enough pointed stuff going on here that I could maybe buy into that too. Or it's just the '80s and w- women weren't allowed to be cool except for like occasional parts. Except for occasional parts. Also, um, RoboCop. I mm-hmm. think he became cooler, like more interesting. Even in a, from a human perspective, once he became RoboCop, because really when they introduce him, he's pretty stiff. 
as like a cop. We well, get to it, know nothing about him. It's he's just ten kind of minutes like, only, really. Yeah, it's real quick. He's kind of he almost seems boring and lame. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like this is this is our action star, which plays into like what he turns into because RoboCop is a very stiff like cyber. He's it's not he's not a lot like. They've made it like, very clear that he's he's died, and they've basically used his body to turn him into a cyborg, cyborg. He has echoes of his former life. He gets these flashes. There's a really good line at, like later in the movie where he, when his partner realizes that it's him, and they are having an interaction. Like, do you remember anything about, um, you know, your your previous life or your family? And it's just like I'm trying to find the, the exact line. It's really good, um, where he's like he doesn't he doesn't remember them, but he can feel them. Mm-hmm. And it, that's like you get more out of that scene, and it's he, than you do in the rest of the movie in terms of it's just it's enough emotional punch, and, it, and that's just an example, one example of all the emotional punches in the movie. It just gives you a little bit, it gives you enough, and it's smart, smart, and, and it's written in a, in a smart enough way that it that it works, mm-hmm. and you can keep moving on to the next thing. But um, yeah, so it's just it's a really cool movie, man. <laughs> you get um, so the way he gets killed, there's a big bad who's like a cop killer. It's played by Kurtwood Smith, who's like I think most people know him as, as like Red from that seventy show, the dad on that seventy show. But he's a, I mean, a very different, very murderous character here. Um, and so then one of the execs, not not um, Ronnie Cox, because his big robot has failed. They need this other program to maybe help out. And this guy, this Miguel Ferrer, plays this other exec who's like, we'll put all this cybernetic stuff into a human put him out on the street. So when he gets mortally killed, uh, they turn him into RoboCop. And it's kind of cool. We have this, like, first-person sequence where he's kind of, like, you're seeing through RoboCop's eyes what people are thinking of him, and, like, they're very excited about getting him on the street and all this other stuff. And then, yeah, that's only, like, two minutes. And then he's just, like... I feel like if he did made this movie now... And, yeah, they did make a RoboCop remake recently, and I... Remember almost nothing about it. I remember nothing about other it. Other than Sam Jackson being in it, but it, it was all in one building. Well, no, that's that was Judge Dredd, the Dredd sequel, Dredd, which oh. totally is like he wears a mask. The whole I totally get it. Why you? And oh, I kind of like that Dredd movie, but um, <laughs> um, no, it's um, I, my point is, I guess, is that it it gets you into like him becoming RoboCop pretty quickly. It doesn't waste time with the stuff. He's on the street as RoboCop pretty quickly and then we get these kind of a little montage of him just being awesome and this is where you think it's cheesy but then you're like no it's not cheesy here's a robot going around and like beating down on some folks yeah he gives them options to to stop their criminal behavior in the moment it's great i mean he that we get like a, a a grocery store robbery or a convenience store robbery we get this really weird this is your your prostitute scene where not a prostitute scene. This is just a regular woman who's walking down and she's about to get, like, essentially raped. Yeah. And RoboCop stops them, but he, like, shoots them between... Oh, my God. So <laughs> the criminal grabs the lady right. with a knife to her throat, and so he's got her picked up in the air, and then the camera shows you, like, she's in a dress. Right. And you can see her legs, and then you see RoboCop. You know where this is going, because it, like, zooms in on her crotch area. Yeah. And then... Bang! He shoots the criminal through through her skirt because she's got a skirt. longer skirt on, so he knows that her legs are there, yeah. and he shoots him right in the dick. Oh, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. It, <laughs> so that's the one scene we get. That scene we get this like, oh, there's a crazy ex city councilman who's like, 
holding hostages at City Hall and the mayor, and he's like, I want my job back, and it's just ridiculous. And and then Robocop, he just punches through the wall, <laughs> grabs yeah. the guy, rips him through the wall, and then eventually throws him out the fucking window. This, oh, yeah, he throws him out the window. But what's funny is, like, that guy, like, this crazy guy is great, because it's just like, you get more of this and you get a Robocop in the scene, but one of the lines is like, when people jerk me off, I kill them, which is just like... A weird comment if you think about it. <laughs> I think he meant like people jerk him around, uh-huh. but he he says jerks me off. Jerk me jerk off. Me off. Yeah. People jerk me off. I kill them. So you know that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and then we cut back to like this. So yeah, Miguel Ferrer is an exec who came up with the RoboCop uh, program, but Ronnie Cox he's still mad about all this stuff. And they have a little bathroom a bathroom scene exchange here where he's like trashing. I don't know if we'd call him the boss, but while he's he's clearly in the stall taking a shit, and then there's some there's some guy that notices it, and he's like, "Oh, I better get out of here." And then and then that guy's telling the other guys like, "Oh, they're oh, all busting out." Secret, of it. secret. That guy's taking a shit, and he's trash talking him. So everyone gets out. Yeah. And then the big guy steps out, and he's all Ronnie Cox. Yeah, Ronnie Cox. Uh, he's he says something like, you know. Uh, <laughs> There was always, he's like, I, I was you basically once, mm-hmm. but there was always respect. Um, the old man is the the big, they, they, yeah. Ronnie Cox is number two. The, number they, two. They regarded the old, they always call him just the old man as the mm-hmm. main boss. And he's like, oh, the old man, we used to call the old man funny names, like Iron, Iron Butt and Boner. Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah, <laughs> they called him boner. Iron Butt and Boner and are the boner. names they called him. What a boner. What an 80s insult. A boner. <laughs> when you call someone a boner as an insult. And then he's like, and you just stepped over the, the line, buddy boy. You've insulted me and you've insulted this company. And then he threatens him. Yeah, but the way he does it is interesting. He's like, that old man won't live forever and I'm number two. And you just fucked with the wrong guy. And he grabs him by the hair. It, not just like the hair, but like the hair behind his ear. It's, it's like almost like a very a, intimate, like, I'm going to come in for a kiss and, and it, cradle your head. It would be like head. an aggressive Me Too kiss. Yes, like yeah. I'm cradling your neck and I'm going to come in and kiss you, but he grips his hair oh, and yeah. pulls him up close and says, I'm... Yeah, you just fucked with the wrong guy. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And it's just this heightened reality that's going on here, but it's very... It's, it, again, it's not... It doesn't, it doesn't feel like 80s schlock or cheese. It is purposely pointed and i i it can be disarming when you're not kind of on the the level of it because i remember watching starship troopers the first time and being like what is going on in this movie it's like really weird and like over the top in weird spots and then once you kind of and i think i saw that movie a little bit too young too and then you're able to kind of see that no this is they're they're doing doing something here they're doing a thing yeah they're doing a thing and it's just really cool and robocop is a a great example of that and uh yeah no i i like all those corporate scenes we learned that ronnie cox uh is is actually employing uh that 70s show kurt woodsmith as like the the big bad on the street Mm -hmm. in an effort to kind of like get rid of the robocop so they can get his big giant machines on the street because he wants to be number one so we actually get like i forgot this miguel ferrer the exec who's come up with the robocop business he gets murdered like, kind of halfway through this thing. Yeah. And, like, Ronnie Cox comes on his TV. He's like, I bet you didn't see this coming. Like, he's on the TV giving him all this talk before he gets murdered. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a little, like, oh, no, we're, this is where we're going with this movie. I guess mm-hmm. it's not that unpredictable, but I, I was, I forgot that part. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the sergeant, the black guy? <laughs> He was well, – there were actually a few black characters in this movie, but he was the only one with, like spe- – oh, no. There no, was the guy that criminal. laughs a lot. Yep, there's a criminal who's all, ha, 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 
Oh, Anytime yeah. he like murdered somebody, they, and that guy only exists to like you. Do you want him to get like a gruesome death because he has an annoying laugh? Mm-hmm. And they do give him that later. Mm-hmm. But no, the the who's the I, I can't remember the actor who plays him, but he's great. He 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 oh. doesn't get a lot, but he like he's just he's just like. He's fed up with this shit, man. And it's yeah. just like that typical sergeant or captain role. I loved him. I thought he was But great. It, it's like, yeah, it's that perfect, um, yeah, every cop movie needs like this, like, kind of just annoyed captain or sergeant. And he fills that role well. But not, but also not, he does it with like very little screen time, really. Yeah. His name's Robert O'Keefe. I'm pulling up who he's, who, what else he's been in. But, um, one of the scenes I liked that, he had was um robocop kind of wakes up he like is in his little charging docking station yeah and he starts twitching and he's having some flashbacks of his memories and pretty much wakes up and starts leaving the precinct and go he's he's about to go rogue yeah and then the lady cop officer lewis yeah officer Nancy yep lewis uh stops him in the hall and she's talking to him and then the corporate guys come in and they're all yelling at her like you fucked up and she's all apologizing to him and he has a pretty good line he says something like, uh, forget it, guy. forget it, kid. This guy is a serious asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a great, it's the great delivery of like, that guy's a serious asshole. Love I it. That's it. Miguel Fair who gets killed. Yeah, it's right, it's kind of right before that guy gets, uh, knocked out. But, um, yeah, so then, oh, okay, so the big, the big kind of twist of this is that once, uh, the exec gets killed, uh, I can't remember exactly how, uh, Maybe the bag. Oh yeah, he goes after Kurtwood Smith, and he like basically confesses to doing all this stuff. Where he says like, "You go talk to this guy at your company." So RoboCop has three directives. It's like serve and protect, all the standard stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Don't robot. break any laws. Like all look and you know, listen. These robot laws, as we've learned in several movies, they never. There's always like a secret one, or they're mm-hmm. able to break it. They find a loophole in the directives. <laughs> Loopholes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's got three directives, but they right in the beginning they say like, "Oh, directive four, unknown." They show that on a screen. Classified or classified. Excuse me. Classified. Well, we do get to discover that because he tries to arrest uh, old Dick Jones, Ronnie Cox, and uh, it's like a pro- it flashes like product violation, directive four. And it's like you can't arrest an Omni employee or uh, officer, like someone that's on the board. And so he gets uh, turned on and then the giant robot, which couldn't work. Okay, this is what I love about this robot. So it's supposed to be um, this big dangerous looking thing and obviously it destroyed that one guy, right? Yeah, but murdered it, him. It, it doesn't work properly because mm-hmm. it didn't do what it was supposed to do to that guy. And what I like about it is it, it, it's stop motion. It it was made in the 80s, but it, it, it's got the stop motion feel. So it kind of walks in a stilted way a little bit. I think very much on purpose. I love it. Because he's it's meant to be because what's funny about this confrontation, they have a pretty good little action scene where he's, uh, RoboCop's got to fight it. But, like, the robot gets to some stairs. And yeah. this, like, lingers on this for a little while. The giant robot can't can't, can't do stairs. Well, he's... The, the robot's trying to calculate, like, can yeah. I do the stairs? So he, like, oh, he's, like his to put- foot <laughs> oh, hovers over, and then he's like, no, bring it back, and then hover again, and oh, no, then he's like, hovers, and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. And the big robot thing goes for it. And just tumbles down. Oh, the stairs. Oh, he tumbles and he rolls down the stairs. It remind and what's funny con- connections. Connections. I just watched that Christopher Robin movie. There's a scene where Winnie, as Winnie the Pooh will do, will tumble down things and fall downstairs because mm-hmm. he's a clumsy old silly old bear. But like, it looks like this stuffed animal rolling down the stairs, and it's kind of funny. It reminded me of watching this robot fall yeah. down the stairs. <laughs> and then the robot's on his back at the bottom of the stairs with his legs going uh, like, it's like and, and he makes kind of animal noises. So yeah. he's like. <laughs> yeah, and this is and this is a good example of you know how people kind of like some snarky folks like to talk about uh, 
uh, Star Wars a little bit about like R two D two and BB eight, especially about like well, look at those things; they're great, but they can't go upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, it's a wheel; it can't go upstairs. I, I saw, I saw BB eight in those movies go upstairs just fine. He had yeah. a heck of a better time than this yeah. Omni robot did. And R two D two, you know what he does when he goes downstairs? Rolls. He rolls down the fucking stairs like a boss. Yes. Uh, exactly. So shut so, up, people. You look, there's a couple things I won't tolerate. You know, look, you can, if you want to complain about C-3PO, fine. He he talks More than too much. fine, he's obnoxious. He talks too much. But you leave R2-D2 and BB-8 out of your, your negative droid conversation because they're they're treasures. That's Agreed. What they are. Agreed. Um, but I love this robot. It's just like, it's kind of bad. Like, it's kind of funny because it's like this corporate entity that like... It's supposed to be great, but it kind of just keeps fucking up. <laughs> um, Tyler, would you like a spot of tea? Is it that time? It's that time where you don't get a spot of tea, but I do because it's tea time with Tyler. That's me. That's where I refill my mug with hot water so I can get some more tea because we film, mm-hmm. we film, we record these podcasts late at night when our children are you know, sleeping. Oh, when they're sleeping. You know what would be great? After we eventually get that uh, uh, Russian kid to do our intro music, Yes, we'll get him to do a spot of tea. Can I get a spot of tea? And like a little ding ding. I, I envision like a bell ringing like a, type of like tune. A... Yeah, but it would be like a tune. Tea time with Tyler. We Here we be... go. Aren't you a musician? You were a musician. How come you can't just make yeah, us I a thing? Yeah, I could just make up a little saxophone, clarinet, little ditty. I like it. That's it would be perfect for like an 80s movie like RoboCop. <laughs> yes, it would. Okay, Tyler. So um, we're talking about RoboCop today. Right. So that's a, in the cyborg AI realm. Okay. So list five um, fantastic cyborg AI robot movies. Uh, well, you got AI artificial intelligence, which I think is really underrated and great. And then you've got um, oh, the uh, Universal Soldier, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Don't roll your eyes. There's a couple of those sequels that came out later that are pretty good, like Day of Reckoning. Keep going. And then we have other cyborg movies. Let's see. Um... Uh, oh man, oh man, uh, oh, you're running out of tea, I'm l- losing my mind. Um, uh, I was gonna just like say iRobot because I remember I liking that at a time. great, you should definitely say iRobot. I don't know if that and holds up. And you're out of time. Okay. No, let's talk about iRobot. It definitely holds up. When oh, Blade Runner. Out? How about Blade Runner? That kind of like cyborg replicants and Blade Runner 249, which I also like. Those are good. Yeah, but why would you be hesitant to, to add iRobot to the list? I well, because I I don't. I, it's been a long. I think I know what we kind of like. I remember going to the theater with you and seeing that and, and like, having a good time. But I don't, I don't. I don't think think I remember even watching it from that. I don't know what we bought it and we watched it at home. I and don't it's know. A great movie. I don't know if it's great. It's not like great like Blade Runner. Great. Let's not get crazy. Remember iRobot? Then he like dreams and he sketches out the dream. Yeah, it's fine. But it's like you know, yeah, it's Will Smith in the peak of his Will Smithness. That's great. I you know I love it. But but I don't know. I like. I'm just saying. I don't know if it's great. I just know that like AI, which people kind of still crap on, is really good. I think that I liked iRobot better than AI. All right, well, the podcast is over, and and we're, we're getting not divorced again. <laughs> we're gonna do AI because that does fall into our um, time period. I think it's like 2001. Okay. I think uh, iRobot come, came out a little bit later than that. So sorry, but um, you know what was an also really good a cyborg related show? Mm-hmm. A little thing called Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, which there's you never a ton. Got into. The tea time with this is look, this is hard because my I have a good. No- I'm 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 just I'm I'm not trying to brag. I do have a good knowledge of this stuff, and yet when I, you put me on the spot, I know almost nothing. <laughs> it is a you turn into me. I I understand now how like you know how you watch like Wheel of Fortune 
and those dummies are always missing stuff. And you're like, yeah. those people are dummies. Yeah. Well, you kind of get it when you're on the spot. And Jeopardy, I mean, Jeopardy's already kind of hard. Yeah. But then, like, when you think you know something, like, imagine sitting there trying to come up with stuff and you have to push a button. Uh-uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Super hard. They probably got tea pouring in your ear the whole time. Alex Trebek's just back there pouring tea in your mm-hmm. ear. Tea time with Alex. I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I think I would fall under the pressure like crazy. Clearly, I can't even do this segment. Clearly. There's no stakes and I still can't do it. Clearly. One of the reasons I brought up tea time now was because it, in about this part of the plot where we are, we've talked about a lot of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just enjoying the movie so much, I just went ahead and closed <laughs> down my laptop and just sat and enjoyed the rest of the movie. I got a sense when we were watching this that it was going to be one of these episodes. It's like, we're going to, like, it's just going to be this thing where, like, this movie's awesome. Yeah, it was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, you just kind of run out of stuff to talk about. But I do, I do, we got to get to the, we'll, we'll, we'll jump to the climax, essentially. Totally. Because you get this big confrontation where uh, RoboCop's been the whole pre- they've had the whole precinct turn on him and he's been shot to to crazy. Okay, so the thing about this whole movie that's a little bit weird is that okay. for the majority of the movie, everybody seems to think that they can just shoot down RoboCop, Repeatedly. and it's fairly apparent that you're, there's nothing there's no bullet that's really going to stop him. Yeah, I don't understand how that happens. They're just like shoot at him, and it's just like constant shooting. And he's just like bounce, 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 bounce. Although, all how out. bad of shots are all these criminals? Because he does have his exposed um, cheek to chin. But are we face. To, are we to insinuate that that is like the human aspect of him, or is it like does he have robot pieces even behind his mouth? And would that even really do any damage? Because he's all wired up in the back too. He's wired up in the back. They have this throwaway throwaway line earlier in the movie about what he eats, and yeah. they give him some. Some baby food type mush to feed all his organic parts of his body. Okay, yeah. So there are parts of him that are very much still. Right, shooting. but no one, it doesn't seem like anybody's able to hit there. Um, but there's a lot of That's bullets lot of bouncing shots. off his chest, and it only, it's only after, like, he gets pinned down by, like, I don't know, 50 cops where they, they manage to damage him enough, but it's like point blank, blank, and they're shooting him a, a thousands of times. Mm-hmm. And he, he's still able to still walk away from it. He, like, take, I honestly would, I, to me, I think he gets more injured jumping off the ledge, getting onto the car, than he does actually getting shot, in my jumping opinion. Off the, because oh, the, yeah. Lewis gets mm-hmm. him, he puts him in, she helps him get out of there. She gets him in the car and they drive off to the old uh, oh, yeah. factory plant oh, area. But let's make the point. She's driving the car right. and he gets in and all the cops that are in this precinct with her are still shooting at that car with her in it. She's turned, man. They're, they're gonna, like, they're fuck her. Him. She's yeah. dead, too. Yeah, no. Well, you've you've just you've you've uh, you've lined yourself up with RoboCop, you know. Dang. Um, but they, I mean, they are. I will acknowledge that they are able to injure him somewhat because he's got to take off his mask and all this other stuff. And I do if we, like they do. They RoboCop is no even in the climax. He's not full on RoboCop. He's not back to normal. Like he's still been injured enough he's that twitchy. he's he's slowed down. Mm-hmm. He's not able to do it. But I'm just saying, like it took a lot to to think that there's a. I'm just saying there's a lot of henchmen that like if I'm like the. I'm not. I'm not a henchman. Never have been. But if I was, I I feel like I'd be the type of henchman that would kind of assess the situation. So there's like 15 of us, right? Mm-hmm. Ten of you. The first 10 guys go in there. They shoot all their gun weapons at them, and they get blown away by RoboCop. It's not gone well. So mm-hmm. if I'm one of these last five guys, which I would be, because I would hold back and totally. see what the situation was like. You know, I'd be in the back. I'd be like, beep, beep, pew, a little bit. Pew, pew, pew. Like I'm doing my work, right? I'm not like, I'm not like dragging ass. I'm doing my work, but I'm back there. I'm assessing, and if all these ten guys have shot and they've all been killed, I don't know. I'm getting out of there. Like clearly, my gun isn't going to take down RoboCop. Do you run because RoboCop might see you, or do you like lay down and play dead? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, with RoboCop, I feel like he's not. I mean. If you're been see some of these henchmen do survive multiple scenes, and I feel mm-hmm. like I'd be one of those guys, could be hanging in the back. 
I would notice that he doesn't like shoot people when they're down. He does give them a chance to like comply and be arrested. So I think like if you don't want to get arrested, yeah, you play dead. And then he's not going to touch you. He's not going to just shoot and make sure you're dead. That's not his style, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the play. Uh-huh. Or if you have an opportunity to duck out, you do. Yeah. You get out of there as much as possible. Yeah. And then if you see your Kurtwood Smith later, and be like, where were you? You didn't shoot a railroad cop. I'll be like, oh, man, didn't you see me? I lost all my guns. And then he threw me through the window. Yeah. Man, my, my arm is all messed up. My leg is broken, You I just think. pretend like whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But then at some point, you just be like, yeah, man, like I got like the flu. I can't come do your final yeah. battle with RoboCop today. I mean, like, I'm just not going to be hundred percent it's not gonna be worth it for me to be there i think this comes up in a lot of movies just like the business of being a henchman yeah i don't i i just there's not a lot of a reason behind it after a while once you think once you see things aren't going well i really don't understand when you're like working for a henchman who working for a bad guy that has no problem like killing off his own henchman a lot like that just seems like a high risk uh low reward situation where like any kind of mess up that you do the guy that's supposed to you're supposed to be working for is going to kill you doesn't seem worth it. I mean, like, what are you making? We've all had bad bosses, but that's real bad. Yeah, that ain't gonna work. I just don't think that you would want to work for that. Like, there's there's no amount of money that's gonna be like, well, I mean, I'll get paid at the end of this maybe as long as my insane like leader doesn't uh, kill, kill me, me because I like I don't know didn't do exactly what he wanted to do. Like, I just yeah, the henchman life yeah. to me just seems questionable. Yeah, I don't get it. Including there's a poor there's a poor poor man uh, at the end of this movie that's a henchman. He's already had an encounter from his motorcycle <laughs> where he somehow survived already. That's not at the end. No, no. The he's motorcycle ar- guy? Oh, I don't know. There's a- No, the motorcycle. Oh, no, it is the motorcycle guy. So that guy. Oh, yeah. Go like, for he's it. Had a, he's had an encounter with Robocop that has not gone well. <laughs> like, it, he's been nearly blown up. He got, he blew up a gas station. Like, he, like, it's not gone well. He knows it's not going to go well. So he's already lined up to go have this final shootout with him. Oh, man. He get at first he gets like the like oh hang behind in the car and you're like all right that's not so bad like at least I'll be in the car so this henchman guy he gets into a car chase is it with RoboCop or is it with Officer Lewis I think it's with Officer Lewis mm-hmm. and he's driving his big old truck and oh the other big thing about the this particular encounter is that Kurtwood Smith has gotten these massive guns from the they're company they're like RPG kind of thing they're big they mm-hmm. look like big guns but they shoot explosions and mm-hmm. it's bad and it seems like even RoboCop wouldn't be able to survive this although there's no proof that he wouldn't because it seems to be he can withstand anything but anyway this henchman gets into a they're at an f- old factory and he gets into this car chase and he runs into a vat of toxic waste now mm-hmm. later in the 80s we saw a vat of toxic waste turn Jack Nicholson into a clown man and that mm-hmm. seems fine like, in the grand scheme of things, like, a little bit of, like, burn face, not so bad. Two-face, same kind of thing. You've burned yeah. your face. This man has oh, run into buddy. some toxic waste. Ooh, boy. Oh, well, he gets submerged in it. He gets completely submerged, as as the Joker did, but that's fine. This, he this comes is more out, of a Bernie melty variety. He, he starts coming out, and he is... <laughs> It's actually amazing because you get multiple stages of this over the course of maybe just like 60 seconds of these shots where he is just – every time you come cut back to him, he's melted away just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. His face is drooping. His fingers are like falling off. Mm -hmm. It is just like amazing classic 80s like makeup work, right? Yes. And he's falling apart it seems like. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's very little that's holding him together. And you're wondering, well, God – what happens if something were to, like, strike him? Bump him a little bit. What maybe. would happen? And sure enough, we find that out when a car runs into him. His boss 
His, boss his own boss, Kurtwood Smith, who's going onto the set of uh, that '70s show. He's, he's driving out of there. He's running away from Lewis yep. in his car, and he gets the the henchman who's melting gets struck by the car, and he just explodes. He is, <laughs> he's definitely severed in half. Yeah. The top part of him explodes. Yeah. His head pops off and rolls up the oh, windshield. Man. It um, is. We did pause it, replay it, and slow play it. We absolutely tick by did. Tick, and uh, it was fantastic. It holds up even when you go in slow mo. It's even better. So good because it just you can see the. I mean, you can see the work that was put into it. Um, oh man. It's so cool. And I just love that it was makeup and it looked authentic. It looked good. And it then, looks bad, but good. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, like even if there was nothing else in the movie that was R rated, you're like, ah, they earned their R rating oh, right yeah. there. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> Worth keeping those kids out of the theater so yeah. you can get that. Or when they can sneak in and see something that'll really mess their brain yeah, up. Yeah, totally for a give them some nightmares and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a memory of seeing this too early because I, I, I feel like some of the stuff probably would have horrified me, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw it must have been a perfect, like, you get in high school and you're like, ooh, this is some naughty stuff. I like it. Pretty certain um, I just watched it when my dad had it on. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what is this? Better in the not, like, Paul Verhoeven also made the Showgirls movie, and that's naughty in a, a not-so-pleasant way. It's in a not, not so a good pleasant film. way. So after the melted guy gets killed, right. there comes up a scene in which you laughed louder than yeah. you did in any other part of the movie. I love it. It's just comical. They they've uh RoboCop's been pinned down by there's a guy, another henchman who's gotten a crane of uh, metal scraps and has dropped it onto RoboCop. After he's walked through this water, this very walking on water. If you go on the hey, if you go on that Wikipedia page of RoboCop, you're going to get a lot of like Christ discussion about like oh. the Christ figure of uh, RoboCop. He walked on water? Yeah, he was well, walking through water, but it looks like he's kind of walking on water because he's a resurrected that. character. Yeah, this is all very much like a, a thing. A thing. Yeah. Okay. And it's just even more about why RoboCop's awesome. Look at all the layers. Okay. Look at all the, the connections. Yeah. Um, but he's, so he gets this metal scrap dumped on him. And he's, he's look, he's not working at capacity. He doesn't have his mask on. Mm-hmm. And that henchman, he's like, ah, we got the bad Kurtwood Smith. is named Clarence. He's like, ah, we got him, Clarence. And he's like celebrating. He's celebrating up there. And then he just gets blown the fuck away. By Lady <laughs> Officer Lewis, they cut to her. She's, she's already been shot by Kurtwood Smith. A lot. Like, A lot. Like six times in she the She comes chest. back for sequels, so she's okay. But they don't like cut back to her to like make sure she's okay. This movie doesn't have time for that. No. Uh, but she, I mean, it's insinuated that she survives this encounter. He, he te- Robocop tells her like, they'll, they'll help you live. Don't worry. Yeah, but like she blows this guy away. Cause like, I got him. Aha. And then he just blows up. Oh, it's so fantastic. And, uh, I, yeah. This movie has some great explosions, and some great glass breaking, great one liners from uh, RoboCop. Mm-hmm. You know, like cre- calls people creep. It's really in a fun, in a robotic way. It's like you back off, creep. <laughs> 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 I just you know, it's just simple pleasures. That's just like uh, that's cool. It's not cheesy. That's just cool. A ro- a, a, a badass robot cop telling you to yeah. So then <laughs> I'm giving t- I'm giving Tyler the mid- I'm I'm flipping Tyler off because I want him to talk about because we've already established that he enabled to in order to access files on a computer a la R2D2. He's got a little like thing that he can poke out of his body into computers. Uh, R2D2's got a little thing that turns around and twists. Uh, Robocop's got a middle finger <laughs> blade. And it's like a schling, almost it's like, like a Wolverine a blade. Yeah, Wolverine schling. Just but one, just... a one or right in the middle, and he, you know, it's, he plugs into the computer, which seems like he would bust the computer the way he just kind of abrasively does it, but that's fine. I mean, the way I know how how fussy USB plugs can be. But wait, so then the way that uh, old that '70s show gets dispatched here is that old uh, Robobot, Robocop busts out his little computer uh, access thing. It's really sharp. And he slices him in the neck. And what's great about this is that 
He, because he's like on top of him. Robocop's on the ground, mm-hmm. and the way he gets him, it like the way you realize that he's got him is like this, this a splat, splat of gut just spills onto Robocop's. Just a splash, yeah. not a whole bunch of gut, just like a splash. A splash. He's like, oh, he, oh, he like, got him. <laughs> like a chunk of tissue and some blood. Yeah. Splash. It's just, it's kind of like a throat rip off of like Roadhouse, kind of yeah. like that's that level of just like satisfaction of violence, so yeah. that you're just like, oh, that guy's dead. <laughs> Amazing. Robocop finally got him, right? Because this guy, Kirkwood Smith, like, he's... He's black. a cop killer. Well, he and he's and he's gotten through some other... He's been arrested already. He's gotten loose. I mean, he he's survived much longer than you would think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, oh, so satisfying. Uh, almost to the point where it, the movie knows that the movie's over. Like, we've gotten that great thing. But we still got some business to take care of Ronnie Cox. So they they get to the back... He goes back... Robocop goes back to Omnicore where they have to, like... He's got a recording of uh, old oh, Dick yeah. Jones being bad. And this is where we're, you supposedly have a scene where they have the big old giant robot protecting the door, right? And you think, like, oh, there's another break showdown. But we've, the movie's already done, like, your showdown. You're done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everything's good. And this robot's so incompetent that, like, they just blow it up, like, so fast. Ro- Robocop pulls out one of the big giant RPG thingies yeah. and, from, just, uh, and just blows them up. And then there, there's a cut where, like, the the feet, those stupid little feet are walking up. And then it walks up and reveals that the whole top of his it's body blown is blown off. off. It's so good. So great. And then he, he goes up to the boardroom where we had that poor sapper that got blown away. Uh, yeah. Reveals that uh, he's Plugs a, his middle finger in. Yep, shows him the videotape. Uh, old uh, Ronnie Cox is like mad. He takes a hostage or something. Is it the old man or something? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh so good. It is really satisfying because he, <laughs> like, he's got a prime directive. He can't uh, arrest anybody who's part of the board, but he's captured the old man and he's holding him hostage at the at the window, about to kill him. And the old man is like, "Hey, you're fired." So therefore, el- says- eliminating. Eliminating Directive 4. What does Robocop say? He says, thank you. Bam! Blows blows him right out of the window and you get this great, like, fall from the building. So good. Yeah, it's great. So good. This movie's so awesome. <laughs> um, Tyler, is there anything that doesn't hold up or that, like, doesn't fit or or isn't great about Robocop? Nope. <laughs> Not I mean, a thing. I would agree, but I just want to cover all our bases because it kind of seems like we just basically had a big... No, I was a know. little... So I, I was a little bit worried because I remember watching Robocop well, maybe a couple of years ago, and just being like, God, this movie's, like, awesome. Like, it really holds up. It's more, like, better than you remember. And then, so a couple of years go by, and then we think about doing it for you. I think you mentioned it. Like, mm-hmm. we just, like, we should watch RoboCop. I was like, yeah. oh, Yeah, I don't okay. know why it popped in my head, but <laughs> sure did. And I was a little bit worried. I was like, oh, but I had such a good experience with it the last time. Like, I don't want to have to, like, necessarily sit for an hour and talk about something where I may not hold up. Mm-hmm. No, it holds up. Or I got into it so much that I didn't want to take notes about it and it didn't hold up. Yeah. Who would have predicted, though, that Robocop would be, like, the solid... It's like an enduring movie. It is, I think, it deserves that placement in, like, action classics. Yeah. It's up there. I think it holds up. I. What's weird is that I, I don't think I've ever seen a Robocop sequel. Well, if you do... Good news that Sergeant is also in Robocop yeah, she's 2 in 3. The no, main... not the Lady Cop, the, the Black Sergeant. Oh, yes. Well, the Lady Cop's back, too. I like how we've gone. You've this is your description of people: black guy and lady cop. <laughs> I don't remember people's names. Okay, it's a thing. Well, yeah, they're back, and I mean, so the, those those cast members come back, which is good. I did see that remake because Sam Jackson has like he plays like the he plays like mm-hmm. a media guy. He's not even like really a major part of the movie, but did I see that? yeah, Michael Keaton. Like, that's got a good cast on that. I don't remember. He looks. He's like got black suit. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's, I don't know, it's forgettable. There's nothing about it that's uh, inherently special. Like stop remaking awesome movies that are already awesome. Well, that's the thing. I don't, 
I can understand remaking certain things if you feel like the effects are out of date and okay, yes, the rope, the giant robot is fantastic. It kind of works better because it yes. doesn't, it's like stop motion. If it was CG, it'd be obnoxious. And everything else is just like stunt work and gunfights and, and stuff. And makeup. Great melty makeup. Like, this doesn't need to be remade. I don't need oh. CGI in a RoboCop movie. I just don't need it. I agree. You know, we don't need to remake these things. I don't think anybody cared when that movie was made. I hear that maybe the original writer is like contemplating writing a, a sequel that ignores the other sequels and maybe wants to do something, but that's oh. up in the air. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if we need that. No. Why do we need it? We just need the one. Good. Good to go. Yep. So that's RoboCop. No, I think it holds up. Totally holds up. So if you can find it, go watch it because it's great. We watch it on DVD. DVD. Yep. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Um, follow us on Facebook. Yep. Old Millennials Remember Movies. And really, just go subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends or someone you think we, who would enjoy it, and go give us a positive rating over on iTunes for our Old Millennials Remember Movies podcast. Also, we have a website, oldmillennialsremember.com, where you can find all our episodes and the Ninja Turtle podcast is there and coming soon, something else coming in September. So go to the website. Go to the website. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm gonna try to leave you with something here. Oh, great. Oh. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Oh, the score is awesome, too. I forgot oh, about that. Oh, the score is awesome. That reminded me. It is. All right, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a good one, and we'll talk at you in another movie.